Who do I need to become? Yep. What mindset do I need to adopt now and, and, and grow into because the results will follow your mindset? Welcome to Talk Design Show, where creatives have conversations. I'm Adrian Ramsey, your host, and having lived a life of design myself, I wanted to share with you the creatives that inspire me and in turn may inspire you. Thank you for listening and please enjoy. My guest on Talk Design today is Richard Petrie. Now, Richard Petrie is known as the world's leading architectural marketing coach. And he didn't get that uh, monkey or what they call that, 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 that handle um, lightly. He got it after years and years of experience as a coach for high-performing athletes and also as an international player for New Zealand in cricket. Um, he's honed a lot of skills, and over that time, one of the biggest ones is mindset. And today, Richard and I are going to chat about the mindset of high-performance thinking. So, Richard, welcome to Talk Design. Great to have you here. Thanks, I'm so looking forward to this. Yeah, I mean, I love chatting with you, and I love listening to your podcast. You seem to be able to get uh, extract a lot of stuff out of people. So um, I've got my guard up. <laughs> Keep it up. Keep it up. We'll see what we can do. That's it. <laughs> um, Richard, you know, as I said, mindset is one of these things. And if you want to give us a little bit of your background first, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on why you why you've actually got a skill in this and why you've got a talent in it where'd that come from yeah um well you know like a lot of people um you you end up in funny places and and i obviously ended up um doing a lot of marketing for architects in the last seven or eight years and but where did that come from you know how you know a lot of people say how, how did you get into doing that well before that i was doing marketing for all sorts of mainly professional services. And then before that, I was doing um, sort of like sports psychology for business teams. So it wasn't sales training. It was high-performance thinking for for sales teams or management teams and teaching them, basically teaching them to think or using skills that you would teach a professional sports person, which I also did work with um, professional sports teams, on mental skills. And you might say, okay, well, that seems like a big, a big jump from that to doing marketing for architects and landscape, you know, the hell. High, high performance is high performance. Well, yes, but also marketing is psychology. So, and, and that's why I love marketing. That's why I love mental skills is marketing is really the art of getting your clients to think in a high performance way or, or you know, certainly motivating them. So, so marketing is very psychological, and that's why I like it. It's it's um, it's it's very big crossover with performance thinking. So um, I still do a bit of you know performance thinking, but I do a lot more marketing these days. But really, it's this you know it's kind of the same thing. Certainly, the way I do it anyway, it's it's very um, psychology based because at the end of the day, marketing is influencing the way people think, and high performance thinking is influencing how you think. And whether yeah. you're trying to influence yourself or influence other people, the mechanics and the strategies uh, are the same. So, you know, like um, 
without going down to sort of a woo-woo channel with this, um, you know, when you've got a mindset or, or you've got a way of thinking or a way of behaving, it attracts either light to you or um, it either attracts or repels, repels people. And we often see people who have got a lack who just stay in lack because yes. they're, they're I, I don't know whether it's just because that's what they search for in life or whether it's a combination of that's what they search for and what they bring to them. Um, and then you see people who have this real sense of abundance and that there's uh, an endless open sort of funnel of what's available. And they're always, they've always got opportunity in front of them that they recognize. Yeah. Um, so with mindset, that's where I think, you know, so much of the power. And as you say, the psychology of it comes and shifting that uh, piece from, in, in some areas in your life, you might have a real lack mindset and in other areas of your life, you might have a real abundance mindset and one will keep bringing the abundance and the other will keep bringing the lack. And it's trying to find that balance in the psychology that brings them up to a harmonious point, I suppose. True. So True. That you get them more rounded. I, I, I met a lot of architects, especially through um, the podcast and other creatives and creatives of course have these amazing brains that um, recognises or doesn't necessarily recognise it is inventing stuff all the time. And in inventing stuff all the time, if it gets into a negative thing, it invents negative. And if it gets into a positive thing, it invents positive. And I see that they don't have masses of control over that. So if we were thinking of how to get our high-performance um, thinking, you know, how would you describe architecture in that point? Is Are they high-performance thinkers? Are they high-performance you know, tell me what your thoughts Athletes, are. There. Yeah, right. Um, well, I think architecture, the designers must, I mean, I wouldn't want to do it. it, it you know, it, it doesn't suit me because I think to, to be a great architect or a great landscape designer or a great whatever, um, it requires a certain set of skills that not everybody has. In fact, it, it requires a really broad range of skills. You have to be a designer. You have to be a salesperson. You have to be a project manager. You have to be a marriage counselor. Marriage counselor. You have to be good at admin, um, like so many things that I'm not good at uh, and don't even want to be good at. Um, and I think it's an incredibly tough job. Plus, it's it's a highly emotional job because you've always got deadlines. Um, you've got big money at stake. You've got other people around you who are highly emotional. Like, yeah. holy smoke. It's not, you know, it's not an easy life, I wouldn't have thought. And and I know it's not, you know, dealing with architects all the time. So it's, it's really tough. And we're going to talk today, you know, we're going to drill down a wee bit about one aspect of sort of high-performance thinking, which is, which is emotions. Yeah, and like they, a couple... A couple of blokes talking about emotions. That's right. Go and grab your wife. We'll put our wives in the room. (laughs) Well, we won't ask for their comments. But uh, I'm probably better at explaining emotions and, 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 you know, teaching people to trigger the right emotions at the right time. Um, In a a sporting context or a business context, probably better. My wife would say, you know, you have no right to be teaching this. (laughs) I think, uh, I think I can hear my wife saying the same thing. Yeah, you too, Adrian. <laughs> you know, switch off that mic now. But regardless of that, um, you know, like um, 
I'll, t- I'll tell you, my ba- you know, the background of me getting interested in all this stuff was when I was about 18, 19, 20, early 20s, when I wanted to be a professional sports, I wanted to be a professional cricketer. And so I identified early, I remember driving in the car one day, because I was always looking for a way to make myself better. I was, you know, I was, I was more motivated than most people I knew. So I was always looking. And I remember listening to the radio and I was driving my mother's car. I think I was 19 at the time. And I was driving my mother's car in Christchurch into town. And I can remember it vividly. And, and there was an interview on the radio with a guy called Jeff Howarth. And he was the coach, uh, the captain of the New Zealand cricket team at the time. And this, this was a team I, would, I could only, you know, it's like that would be the dream. That would be the, you know, the, the gold medal outcome. But it wasn't something I was realistically thinking about at the time. But. And, and the, the radio interviewer said, you know, what makes the difference between, say, you know, a, a professional and an international level professional, you know, the next level up? Or, yeah, know, which that's is a, really good, a really good um, distinction. Eh? It's like the top few percent. Well, there's lots of professionals and then there's the top five percent, right? Yeah. So what, what makes the difference? And Jeff Howe said, oh, it's, it's in the mind. You know, he said it's in the top two inches, and he said no doubt about that. He said there's a lot of good guys at the, at the you know the level below who are very good, but they don't make it because they don't have the mind for it. And he said, you know, it's the mind. He said eighty percent of it is mental. You know, eighty percent of success in our business is mental. And I listened to that, and I thought you know what, that that immediately struck a chord with me because I thought that is right. I have been trying, you know, I've been doing the fitness, I've been doing the training, this is from a sporting point of view. Yeah, I've been doing everything I need, you know, I've been and, and I've been trying really hard and it's the mental side. That's the side that I need to be good at because the, the physical side and the skill side is reasonably easy. You, you do your trainings and you do your fitness and everyone does that. That doesn't separate you. That's just a ticket to play. But what separates the good, you know, the good from the great is the mind. And that was something we were never taught, right? We, we were never taught deliberately in any sort of way. Some guys kind of work stuff out for themselves and most guys didn't. And, and therefore, some guys were up and down all the time and some were consistently good. And the guys that were good are the guys that worked the mental side out. You know, there's no doubt about it. And if you ask, if I was to ask anyone on, even, even as an architect, let's just say, what I used to do is go into a sales manager and say, look, you know, given your team have the basic training for sales, yep. um, what percentage of their success would you attribute to their mind? And he or she would always go, oh, 80, 90, all of it. You know, if, they, yep. if they've got the skills, then it's all mental. I mean, some are motivated, you know, it comes down to motivation, confidence, resilience, um, all these type of things, having, you know, being focused. It doesn't, you know, they're all, they, they all know how to handle objections and they know how, and I would say it would be the same for an architect. If I said, you know, running a, running a business, given you've got the skills and the attributes to be an architect, which you do because it takes you, yep. they, make you they make you study for 150 years just <laughs> to even get a certificate or something. Um, you've got that. What what actually makes the difference, you know, and, and it's probably the same thing. It, it's the mental side. Some are mentally geared up for high performance in that profession and others are geared up for mediocre performance. Well, 
you know, but we've all got the ability. But but if you don't think about how you think, then you end up thinking based on just what you get. And and you were talking earlier about um, can't remember what it was, but I was thinking yeah about this, thinking yeah you scarcity sort of positive, yeah the, the yeah, scarcity negative and, and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Well well, Deepak Chopra says ninety percent of our thinking is habitual, right? right. So we can habit. change our habits. But that's exactly right. You can change your habits. So if you're not happy with what you're getting out of life or out of your design career, or if you're a sportsman, if you're not happy with your sport, I was having this conversation with my son yesterday, you've got to lift your expectations and you've got to lift your thinking to the level that it needs to be at to achieve the outcome you want to get. So if you want to be just a a mediocre professional performance, then you just have to think like a mediocre professional person. Mm. which is probably what would mm. actually happen because you'll hang out with a whole bunch of guys but, or women and they'll, they'll and you'll be the average of how they think. Yes, birds of a feather. But if you want to be if you want to be extreme and you want to be at the high end, you have to change your thinking to think at that level. Yeah, and, I, I I love that piece where you've got to become you've got to change your thinking to become what you want to be before you get there. Correct. You you you've got to turn up before the results turn up. Yes. yes. Right? You, you can't say, when I'm a world-class architect or running a, a highly profitable <laughs> business, then I'll see myself as successful or then yep. I'll see myself as, as this. No. As you valuable. Have to say, you have to say, what do I want? And let's say I want, you know, for some it might be I want to be a great designer and, and others it might be I want to run a great design business and make a lot of money. It doesn't really matter. Whatever it is, okay. If it's if it's run a highly profitable design business, then you need to ask yourself the question, okay, who do I need to become? Yep. What mindset do I need to adopt now and, and, and grow into because the results will follow your mindset. The results will follow your mental thinking. You know, when I say mindset, I guess I'm saying your habitual thinking patterns. Yeah, the, the, the patterns that have been set up habitually, and they could come from your parents as well, could come from anywhere in your past. It does. But, but here's the problem. If you're just going to allow your mindset to be based on what your parents told you, what your church tells you, what your environment tells you, what your culture tells you, then you're stuck at what you've been told, right? And and if you're one of these people who goes, no, I want more, I want to grow above that, I feel I'm destined for more, then you can't accept the mindset that kind of has fallen on you. You have to design your mindset, you know, most of these people are architects listening to this. I don't think, to, yeah. You have to work out the outcome of what you're trying to achieve, and then you have to design a mindset which is consistent with it. So something I see in architecture a lot, especially in the residential space, is um, I get to talk to a wide range of architects, like people who have you know low success and people who have incredible success, global mm-hmm. success, and one of the big differences I see, like you're saying, is, is the, the people with the incredible success already have it. And mm-hmm. they're, they're already um, thinking everything's possible for them. They're, they're, they're not limited by what they're thinking. And then when I talk to the people who 
you know, don't have any success or not, not no success, but low yeah. success. It's a lower level, yeah. Yeah, lower level of success. I find that um, what they're talking about is, is what they don't have. And right. they haven't, um, they don't clearly have anything defined about what they could have. They have, uh, if, if you say to them, so, so what would that customer look like? They've got no idea. Right. What would that, um, you know, plan for that? If they can still draw the property, they can still make the thing, yes. you know, but they're, they're caught up on the pieces that are going to hold them where they are instead of having the, the mindset or the ability or the confidence to go, here we go, you know, like I'm in, you know. And so their, their progression through projects um, as they're in their career starts out, you know, like everybody, somebody designs a bus stop sometime, you know, or or whatever it is. It starts out at some lower level, even though they are these highly trained people. And then slowly, architecture especially is a long cycle business. It's um, you do a project and it might be two years before you can even show that project to anybody. It might even be mm. three. So it's a long cycle business and it's intense work. So there isn't like... Um, masses of space like you can't just go oh we'll do 30 projects that isn't necessarily possible either uh you can't speed it up that much it's still got a, a process that takes a while and unless you actually take that in leaps and bounds which is mindset and ability mindset and ability then you could be 20 years to get any recognition in it um mm. You know, and it, it, and then you'll see people who do that in ten or fifteen years or twelve that's, years. That's the thing. That's the thing. And, and there's a good saying, you know, don't wish the job were easier, wish that you were better. I love that. <laughs> and so, and, and actually, that's not even entirely true because you don't, you know, don't wish the job were easy. Actually, you you need to become better. As you know, it doesn't yeah. sound as catchy, but yeah. That that's it. You've got to make sure you're resonating. It's almost like calibrating a piano. You know, you've got to get yourself in tune with the outcome that you want. And so therefore, uh, so for example, for me, right? So when I worked all this stuff out, because um, I went on and played international cricket, you know, so sort of achieved that goal. So he ended up playing in the team that that guy on the radio was was talking about. Was which, talking about, yeah, yeah. Which was an at that stage, I wouldn't have believed it was you know possible. It was that 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 for me was you know a dream outcome. And if you're in the, I know a lot of your listeners are in the states. That might be playing in the NFL or something like that. It's oh, pretty hard to do. Any top um, level pro yeah. team, yeah, yeah. Or, or any franchise, any of the franchises. That's right. Yeah. So so, but but here's what I did, and 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 this is applicable to an architect or anyone, right? So once I worked the stuff out, I thought, okay, I want, oh, I'll tell you a little story. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the real, I'll, I'll not say the real story. I'll tell you the, the full story because it's, it's quite, um, I think people will get benefit from just going through this. So when I kind of cottoned onto the stuff and thought I've got to change who I am and I've got to think at a higher level if I want my, my results to, to start delivering at a higher level for me. So the first time I did this, and this is funny, I was at, I was at university and I was, I was living at my grandmother's house in the winter because my brother had accidentally burned our family house down. <laughs> <laughs> He's a high performance thinker. 
yeah, when I mean, he's not there to defend himself. <laughs> no, but 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 uh, anyway, so he he. So I was staying at my grandmother's house, which was near the university, and I was doing a paper, uh, commercial law, commercial law, Aki one five one, and it was I, I was finding it quite tough. I was getting C's. I was passing it, but you know it, it's quite tough. And I started then to think, okay, if what I'm if I, what I'm thinking here is right. I, if I want to get a better mark, I've got to think like a guy who gets a better mark. At the moment, I'm getting C's and C minuses and C plus. I was really happy when I got a C plus. So I thought, all right, well, I am going to start thinking like a guy who gets a B, right? Because the, the idea of an A was just out of the question. I, I'm going to start thinking like a guy who gets a B. And then I thought, no, 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 no. That's that's a bit, you know, go for B plus. So I went for B plus. <laughs> you know, so right. That's that's as far as I was prepared to go because otherwise I'd think, well, what's the point? It's you know, it's ridiculous. So I thought B plus. All right. So then I started to think, okay, how would I think if I was B plus? How would I how would I breathe if I was B, a B plus guy? How would I how would I think about the course? Um, what would I do? Um, and, and then I just kind of, oh, I thought, oh, I don't know. And I, I started, anyway, I did it. I did it for, and I, I just sort of spent a little bit of time each day imagining I was a B-plus student for Aki 151. And it took months later, and I then I forgot about it and went away. And then I got my I got my paper back, and I got a B-plus. Right? <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, I got a B-plus. This is incredible. This is It's right. that easy. I just have well, to think about it. Well, the funny, yeah. And I thought, oh, man, I can't believe that. I got a B-plus. You know, I wonder if they marked it correctly. Anyway, I thought, wow, I wonder if it was because of that mental stuff I was doing. I wonder, if, you know, or was it just, is this a coincidence? It's good luck. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, because I wasn't convinced. Yeah. So I thought, all right, well, I have to do it for something else. I have to pick something bigger than just getting a B plus and a, and a T. I thought, oh, maybe I go for an A and I go, well, that doesn't really excite me. But what I really wanted to do was play, you know, professional cricket. So first class cricket in New Zealand. That that was the that was my dream goal. And and the team was Canterbury that I would have got picked for and all that type of stuff. So I thought, all right, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna start visualizing and seeing myself and thinking, okay, if I, if I was in this team. How would I think? What would I believe? You know, how would I? What would my attitude to training? What would my attitude be when when the crunch is on? What would my you know? How would I think when this? And I, I kind of like took out a piece of paper and mapped it all out. How I would think if I was as a Canterbury player, and I started visualizing myself for this, and I started almost like reprogramming myself to 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 operate at that frequency, if you want to say, you know, yeah, everything was With geared that up. soundtrack. Now, now I knew I knew I wasn't at that level, but what I was doing, I was doing five minutes exercise a day where I was visualizing myself doing it, and five minutes as if I'd already done it. Oh, okay. Right? So five minutes seeing myself with the outcome. Yeah, five minutes with the outcome complete. Correct. Five minutes as as that guy doing, you know, doing the stuff I needed to do to get there, and five minutes yep. as if it's already over. Right. Now that's a really important one because that's teaching your brain. You know, when so, you sit there at a goal, going, I, I, I wish, I hope, I, I wish I could do this, I wish I could achieve that. That's actually telling your brain you're not there. Yeah, but whereas if you if you go, oh, I'm packing my bag, um, checking my my whites in, I'm doing this. This is where the team goes. We're meeting here. Yep. We, we're going to the on the bus. We're going from there to there. Yep. This is our hotel room. 
this is who I'm sharing with or whatever it is. This is us at, at breakfast. This is us getting on the bus, going to the ground. Here's the, here's the locker room. Here's what we change into. That's it. Here's, here's what it looks like while we're playing. I'm playing. Here's the guys yeah. around me. All that stuff, right? So I do that for five minutes for, for the first one, five minutes for the second one every single day. And I, I basically reprogram myself to, to actually feel I was that guy. Now, only for 10 minutes a day. Yep. Right. That that was my mental exercise. I didn't do it all day because it's not true. You know, I couldn't go around pretending I was when I wasn't. But what I could do is like go. You know how you go to the gym and you work on your biceps. Yeah. You don't do it for twenty four hours. You go to the gym. You work on your biceps for a few minutes. You put the weight down and then you go back and carry on with your life. And that's what I did. So I'd go and do my weights, my mental weights, for a few minutes. Then I'd put it back and I'd go back and I, you know, I'd just be like a normal guy living the real situation. Now, what happened? What, what happened was um, after oh, well, tw- the first 20 days was quite tough because I couldn't see and I struggled to feel. Some days were better than others, but I, I generally struggled to you know, get a sense of what it would feel like and what it would look like and all that type of stuff because it was just completely blank. I didn't have a blueprint for that level of thinking right. because I wasn't at that level. Yeah, right. right. Now, that's the same for everyone. So you were starting you know, to develop it, though. Correct. It was almost like painting a picture. I'd put a bit of colour here, and, and it would slowly add over time. But by the, the funny thing is, by about day 20, I kind of got over the hump, and I'd done enough work thinking about, you know, well, I don't know what that would look like. We'll go, well, make something up, you know, try this. What does that feel like? No, that doesn't feel right. Oh, what about this? Oh, yeah, that feels better. And by the time we got to day 20, I had enough of the picture in my head that it kind of, I find it, kind of, that's when I got on the downhill slope and it started to become easy. Because so you'd formed takes, the habit? Correct. you formed the habit and you'd, um, you're incrementally improving the visualisation? Correct. It takes 20 to 30 days to form a new form habit, a habit. Yep. right? And so by about day 20, somewhere in 20, 21, 22, 23, I had formed a new habit for thinking. And I was thinking, I was starting to think at this level of this guy who was now at the next level up, right? And it became, it, didn't, it wasn't as hard. It, it, it now became a habit. And after days 30, I just kept going. Now, then I developed, a, I just kept going and going and going. And like, when you, when you have a little strand of string, mm-hmm. it's not that strong. It's just one, mm-hmm. one strand. But then when you add another one and another one and another one and another one, after a period of time, after 30, you've got 30 strands there, and then you've got 60, and you've got 90. Now you've got a rope. Yes. And while you can snap one string, you can't snap a rope. No. Right? And, and, and I had a mental rope developed now. And so I was like, you know, it goes from your head the feeling of, you know, I'm going to do this, it goes into your guts. That's what I felt every time anyway. And I just knew I've it was going to happen. I've heard that described a fair bit. I've heard that described a fair bit. It's, it's a gut feeling. You know, we we yeah. call it. I've got a gut feeling. But it's um, I've heard it described quite a bit where people go, I knew I had it. I, I knew I was there. Yeah, yeah. I knew, knew it was possible now. It, yeah. well, in, in some respects, it was inevitable. Yeah. Right? That's how it felt. I, I just knew I was going to play for Canterbury. And there wasn't that tension or that. It was almost like, I can't wait to see how this plays out. Because mentally, I was already, I tuned the piano at that level. And 
And, and so when your mind's there, when the mind's there, the reality seems to follow. That that's you know, you can go woo-woo, but that yep. seems to be what's happened, right? So I want to continue the story because it's a wee bit more. So anyway, I got in this team, I got in this team, and um I was playing, and the chairman of the board of of you know the, the you know the team said, Oh, you know, well done making the team. I was a bit surprised to see you you in the team. He said, you know, um, <laughs> You yeah, said, you said no, no, you know what right. I've no, just done right. for the next for the past ninety days. No, it, it, he was right, but but he wasn't being rude or anything. But but I was a I was a surprise, right? So I did get, and he said, you know, he said he said, were you surprised? And I said, no, not really. And he said, oh, fair enough. And he, then he walked off, and I thought, Jesus, oh, excuse me, but. Um, that probably sounded pretty arrogant, but it, it wasn't meant to be. It's like it wasn't a surprise at all, right? It wasn't a surprise at all. So then the next step is I'm thinking, all right, and, and I'm, I'm telling this story and it's about me for sport, right? But this story is really about everybody listening. Yes. Because my story is no different to your story. You have the next level up that you want to be at and the level after that. So what I'm explaining here is, is, is kind of about me. But actually, it's kind of about you too. Um, so then I thought, holy smoke, I got a B plus. I'm now a professional cricketer. I'm playing first class cricket, which is not the top level. It's the it's the one down from the very top level you can get to. One from before going international. Correct. And so it's like, holy cow, you know, what do I do now? You know, this there's no way I would have made this team without doing what I'd done, the mental training I did. You know, I was already doing the fitness and all that, so that was all in place, but the mental stuff made the difference. So then I thought, all right, what's next? And then I, I came up with a whole lot of, you know, the first thing that flashed in my head is, oh, I'll play at the international level. And I thought, oh, no, 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 that's, you know, I'm not going to do that. That's so too it's big. Like, it's interesting. You know, that was my in instant, that was my, what I, what I secretly wanted yeah, but I thought no, no, you know, I'll just set myself up for disappointment doing that. And and I went away and I tried to think of different things, and nothing really inspired me. Probably because you know my secret desire was to play that international level. And so anyway, I went back to that and thought, oh, do I go for that? I mean, I might be setting myself up for disappointment, but I thought, oh well, you know, I won't tell anyone. You know, I won't tell anyone I'm going to do this. I can just do it for myself. And if it doesn't, you know, it doesn't work out, don't work out. Anyway, same thing. I started to see myself with now with the players at this level. These were a different level of players. These were guys I'd only seen on TV. You know, they were kind of my heroes. You know, I'd, if I was in the room with them, I'd be completely intimidated and, and sort of, you know, looking at them all the time. Yeah, they were that level of players for me. So now I'd visualize myself walking out onto the field with them and them talking to me and them throwing me the ball. And, you know, and once again, not easy at the start, but after a while I knew the process now. So I started to form a picture. I started to feel what it, I started to think like an international player now, not a, not a first class level. Now, now right. I had to up my game from thinking like a professional cricketer to an international cricketer. And, and I mapped out, how do I need to be thinking? How do I, what's the difference? How do they think at this level? You know, how do I react to this situation? How do I think about this? What do I believe about this? And I completely, like, it, like an architect doing a concept drawing, I completely designed how I would need to be thinking to be at that level. And then once again, did the exercises. Did you do that on paper? Yep. Yep. So you mapped it on paper. Or on paper and in my head. Yes. And I, was constantly, yeah, yeah. I was constantly thinking, 
was a consuming thought. Yep. And I, I was create I was doing this concept plan for who this Richard Petrie was at international yep. level. Effectively, that's it was a concept plan. Um, and then I, then I just had to step into it and train myself to do it. Almost like now now I'm the builder building it. I had to I had to do it for ten minutes a day and and, and all that. And once again. 20, 20 to 25 days at that something clicked something you can feel the difference between I want this and you're trying and you're trying or you're, you're trying to do the exercises and there's a party that doesn't believe it because there's a much stronger habit to say no you're not good enough for that you can't do that 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 habit's quite strong so you have you know but there's a point 20 once that new habit forms where it goes to your gut and you go holy smoke, I can feel this now, right? And you go, wow. And you just keep doing it and you build that rope and you build that rope. And then then, then it's almost like you've got a smile on your face going, I, I don't know when it's going to happen, but I know it's going to happen. It's, but it's a done deal. It's yeah, a it hasn't done arrived, deal. but it's a done deal. It is. That's what it yep. felt like every single yep. time, right? It's a done deal. And so still had to do the work and all that type of stuff, but I didn't know when. And then I just sat back and again, and it all happened very fast. Like I went from probably within two years, I went from a club cricketer to being an international cricketer, which is pretty fast. Yeah. Um, and, and it was, you know, and, and then it happened. Right. And then the same thing, I went into sales and I left, I left sport and, and I became a some photocopiers. Right. And um, it was tough. It was it, the budget was what was it? I think it was fifty thousand a month. We had to sell of photocopiers. Yeah, and you know, occasionally some months I'd hit my budget, but and what would that be? Five thousand dollars a copier? Yeah, uh, six 10, or seven or oh, they 10? range. Okay. Yeah, they range yep. from. Yeah, I mean the smaller ones, but would, so it's a pretty it's big capital way. purchase for a company anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you had to sell a lot, right? And so yeah. you know, I, I thought, man. My, you know, I was struggling away and my boss said to me, oh, the reason you're not selling, you know, your budget consistently is because you don't think you can. He's, he'd just been to a course, an NLP course on something, you know? Yeah, right. And, and uh, you know, he said we did this exercise and we jumped into a circle and we, you know, did all that. I, said, I thought, oh, man, he's teaching me something I already know. He said, I, I haven't done this for sales. So I did it for sales. And I thought, okay, well, if I'm going to do this for sales, I wonder if it works training myself to be a top salesperson. And I was hitting 50 some months. And I, I said, I've got to pick a number, which is ridiculous. So I know it's because I've been doing all this, you know, mental reprogramming. And so I picked, you know, one guy in the company, a guy called John Paul Winkle, who was this Auckland guy. And he, he used to wear these closing glass. He, you know, he, even took, he had these closing glasses and he'd pull out his closing pen. And he was the legend <laughs> that we all aspired to, John Paul Winkle. And... Um, He's a real smooth guy and he wore a suit and he wore cowboy boots with his suit, which you don't do in New Zealand, right? But I love it. We all, we all, we all thought he was the cool guy and he was the top sales guy. And he'd done 200,000 in one month. And we thought, oh, oh yeah. yeah, that's four months budget. That's a quarter of the year. So, so I said, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to become a two, I'm going to see myself as a $200,000 a month salesperson. Cut a long story short, I started doing the same stuff. And um, the what, boss, wearing cowboy boots? No, and... <laughs> no, I didn't do that. But I did. I did my version of a two hundred thousand yeah, dollar, which exactly. wasn't exactly. So, so anyway, um, just one little funny story. But 
you know, um, one of my sales manager come and he used to come out to the storeroom and have a cigarette. And he says, come out to the storeroom and, you know, while I, while I smoke my cigarette and he'd chat to, chat to us and try and sort of psych us up and analyze us. And, and he said, you know, he said, um, I, he said something. He said, your numbers haven't been that good lately. And, and, and I said, all right, Waza. You know, I said, nah. he said, yeah, no, they haven't been that good. I said, watch this space. <laughs> he, said, he, said, he said, what, what? He said, do you think, you know, do you think you can turn it around? I said, yeah, I know I can. And he, and he laughed. And, and, and I kind of walked away and I thought, oh, you know, once again, it was a bit like that situation before. I thought, oh, that sounded pretty arrogant. But it wasn't coming from an arrogant place. I knew I was going to start doing big numbers because I'd mentally get myself up Mentally for it. put yourself yeah. there. And, and if you've ever watched that movie, Liar, Liar, have you seen that with Bruce Willis? Mm-hmm. Feel like I have, but I can't remember. It. Well, he's this guy who can't tell a lie. So, he, oh yes, yes. This, this, you know, he's he's um, he's yep. this you know horrible individual, and he ends up sleeping with this woman one night, and, and she says to him, uh, you know, just a, a one night stand type thing, and she says to him, "How was that for you?" And he's because he can't tell a lie now; he's been yep. zapped by some yep. thunderbolt. He goes, "Oh, I've had better." <laughs> 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 and then you can see it, you know, you can hear the slap and, and see him. He's been thrown out of the out of the apartment and he's he's, he's holding his clothes and he's completely naked in the hallway. Um, <laughs> I kind of felt like that because it's almost like I couldn't tell a lie. It was just I was so geared up that it was it was you cruel. said I'm gonna do it so it had to happen. Correct. You know, but you also knew up. it was gonna happen. Same thing. So so I ended up doing um three months in a row of two hundred thousand. And like this is that you know I'd done my budget in the first four months of the year, right? For the whole year. So then you um, smashed it way out of the park. Oh, not smashed. Yeah, that's right. My whole budget for the year, and and like John Paul Winkle, you know, was second, and he was less than half what I had sold in the first quarter. And so I guess what I'm saying is, I'm not coming at this from an academic place. I have read a lot of stuff and studied stuff and, you know, I've done Tony Robbins courses and Jose Silva course, you know, I've read the books and and NLP talks about, uh, NLP talks about um, future pacing and, and there's the book, The Secret, which talks about, um, you know, basically visualizing. Visualization. It's as simple as that. You don't need the book, you know, you just go and imagine you've already got it and retrain yourself that's basically it and and you know that's the type of stuff i did so from it does work and and but you do you know but it all comes back to don't wish the job were easier wish that you were better and in fact don't wish that you were better make yourself better Just train your mind correct and if you get that mind piece better then the rest will follow correct that's that seems to be what happens yeah. not just me but everybody who does it the, you know, your, the reality of your life will catch up to where you are at. Do you know, I, I, I had a boss um, years ago and fabulous guy, a guy called John Petura, anybody from Australia that knows, um, knows Aussie rules may know John Petura. Uh, anyway, he was a top-rate player, three captain coach, three grand finals, you know, stuff like that. And he, he used to say to us, he'd say, you know, just because you've got all the talent in the world, it's not worth anything unless you've got the attitude to use it. Mm. And, um, you know, you might be really clever, but you're too arrogant or you're not prepared to train. You're not prepared to do these things. You might have the skill, but unless you're actually prepared to put the the training in and the um, the mindset, basically, mm-hmm. the, the, to 
to see the future of yourself doing it and putting in the effort mentally as well as into whatever it is the outcome the the task driven stuff um you'll never you'll never do it you'll never get there he'd say i would have talented players mm. had more talent than they knew how to be able to use because they couldn't get their mind right yeah and yeah. if they had if they could have got their mind right their talent would have been beyond stoppable you, know, you yeah. think of the Michael Jordans of this world, the Lewis Hamiltons, the Kelly Slaters. Mm. These guys have mindset um, above and beyond their skill as a sports person. Correct. They are mentally talented. Yeah. They are mentally t- That's exactly right. And I, tell, I have to say to the listeners of this, this is completely not what Adrian and I talked about discussing today. <laughs> we were going to do a session on mindset, but it was completely not what we've covered here today. It was something completely different. And, and see, Adrian, being the master interviewer, he's 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 opened up. Uh, maybe, maybe this is what we should have been saying rather than what we were going to say. But we've this is a completely different conversation. I, I, I think so. One of the things with it is, is like if you were to tell us how, um, say with the with the architects you train. Yes, let's bring it back to them. Yeah. If you were to say to them, look, look, what would be some simple mindset exercises they could do and how could that support their emotions yes. or how could their emotions be supported by that? Um, I can think of some totally with visualization and uh, I can think one of the most powerful things that as an architect or as an interior designer or a clothes designer, any of those things that we have this ability to do that a lot of people don't. So we we can all draw or create. That's something that we get as being designers. Um, so we're artistic as well as creative. And if you were to draw the project that you most wanted to um, to to have on your portfolio, and and visualize the client that you most wanted to have in that house or in that building or whatever it is that you've in those clothes that you've um, drawn. If you were to actually take the time out and it might take you a week or it might take you, you know, a matter of days to draw that just even into conceptual point. Um, now you're actually using a whole lot of neural pathways that are locking in that that thing can be done because none of them ever get built unless they're drawn. So when you start drawing it, you're actually using far more than just your mind. You're using your mind and you're physically um, creating the thing. You're, you're physically going down all the rabbit holes and all the thinking that, oh, will this line up here? What would the environment be? Choose a piece of land to draw it for. Um, this would be a really fast way to jump yourself forward, uh, you know, maybe 10 years or maybe one year. Um, from one sort of project to another kind of project um, and and do the study and the thinking around what would get that there, but really play with the idea of who you put in that home or in that building, um, how it would benefit somebody and niche it down to this, this one style or this one thing and draw it. Draw it, imagine it, create it and um, put it out there in front of you and you will I, I can tell you this by experience because it's what I've done um, it will much like Richard's um, drawing those things actually unlocked 
the person I needed to be to be able to have that level of client or that level of opportunity. And one of the things I love about having a podcast is the number of people I meet who are just, you know, they're, they're stars in my eyes. And um, when I talk to them, they inspire me to be able to do amazing things and to think at a much bigger level. And they, they, there's a saying, you know, the five people that you spend the most time with, you'll become the average of. So who are you spending time with in different areas of your life to become that much better at it would be the other point to that. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. You know, and I'll tell you that that's a great exercise. What you're talking about is design the house that you would love to design or, or the office yeah. block or the apartment, whatever it is you do design, whatever that is. But I tell you, what, add something to that. Um, also, what I'd want you to do is design that 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 dream project, and then what I want you to do is then start doing a design of who is an who is the architect that would do that type of project consistently. Who is the type of architect who would tra- attract people who wanted those type of projects? And write down who is the architect. How do they dress? What sort of car does that architect drive? What belief system, what do they believe about money? What do they believe about architecture? What do they believe about work? What are they, how many days a week does this, does this architect pick someone specific and just almost do a um to pick a hero and almost in that sense mentally stalk out their game. Correct. Do like a crime scene investigation. You know how they on yep. CSI yep. they 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 have the crime and then that what they do is they create a person who would match that crime. An avatar, yeah. Correct. And then they go hunting for the avatar. Yep. And so 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 create an avatar of a of an architect or a designer who would consistently not only win those, but, but attract people who wanted to do those projects. And then and then you'll get a sense of, you know, who, who you've got to be. Well, well, that's it. You know, who, who is what what is required for an architect to win that type of project? Who are they? Which which obviously then says, right, well, who then I need to be that person. Right, but mm. without that, um, I think I think that would that would add a lot because that would give you a blueprint for how you need to lift your game, particularly the mental side of your game. But it may also include the clothes you wear, the makeup you wear, the car you drive, the office you work in. It may include those things as well. Doesn't so, it? I think that it, I think that that's when it becomes more powerful because it changes the way you think. So, like. It, it, it embeds it deeper into your um, subconscious. When you say that what you wear, and look, I had a career in fashion design, so um, what you wear has some meaning to me. But, you know, you're talking about, um, I think his name was John Winkle, somebody. John uh, Claude Winkle, yeah, yeah. Yeah, John Claude Winkle. John yeah. Paul, sorry. John, John Paul. Paul Winkle. Yeah, John Paul Winkle. His real he, name, by the way, was John Winkle. Oh, Okay. His real name was John. But he called himself it. John. I love it. I love it. Right? And he had he had closing glasses. He had his closing pen. He yep. thought he thought this through. He knew how it worked. He had designed John Paul yep. Winkle because John Winkle wasn't going to be doing it. Exactly. What John Paul could do was way beyond what John Winkle could do. Correct. I love Correct. it. 
So do that. That He made himself the avatar then. And with it, when he pulled on his cowboy boots, he was setting up triggers and setting up anchors yes. to his success. Yeah, and it was so, his costume. Yep. I know, um, well, you, you think of tennis players who, you know, they constantly move their shirt on the left-hand side or the right-hand side before they go into take, uh, as they're warming up, when I'm saying warming up, they're at the end of the um, end of the court and they have these little programs that they use which sets them up um and yeah as you say it was his costume i've got another friend he's on the podcast um a guy called bruce campbell and bruce wears a costume yeah he has a costume he goes to work in a costume um and it's his superhero costume you know uh, you won't see him flying around the office in a cape but he has a set set of clothing that he has i don't know how many variations of it or when i say variations not even variations how many sets of it he has yeah. but it'd be like you know you go into the guy's wardrobe and he'll have 12 jackets all the same 12 waistcoats all the same the, the only thing that would change would be the boots and he would have you know maybe 15 different pairs of um, cowboy boots and he wears cowboy boots jeans um a certain shirt and a certain waistcoat and a certain jacket every time he stands on stage that's it because because the person, you are at, the person you are at home is, <laughs> yes it's superman <laughs> is not necessarily the person who's going to win those dream projects and there's nothing wrong with that yeah but you do need to be able to step into uber you yep you so know? who are you as clark kent and who are you as superman or yeah that's think- it you know, I think that that's a really was... important part of the of setting up the success is um, and, and putting it into other parts of your life so that you go, yep, look, I do. I, I put on those underpants or I put on that, you know, scarf or I put on that whatever because it tells me I'm this person. That's right. So well, that's it. it. You know, I mean, I mean, you know, particularly women, but men as well. But there's some clothes women would not go out and if they're going somewhere, they want to impress people, there's certain clothes they'll wear. Yes. Because those clothes make them feel different. Yep. Right. And when they feel different, then they're able to perform in that social environment. And, so and this, like, guys are the same guys have their lucky, you know, they, they, yeah. their shirts they like, and they, you know, and all that type of stuff. It's a mindset transition. Correct. It's, a, it's a stepping from one, being one person to the other person and, and the high performance thinking, like you were saying with the um, playing um, cricket, it, it's that high performance thinking. You change from this to this. You know, you wouldn't run out there on the field with your board shorts and a Hawaiian shirt on to play first class cricket or, or international cricket. You'd go mm. out there in the, in the team uniform mm. and, and you revere the team uniform because it says that you've made it. And likewise, we, we have to have these, in a way, different personas, and we have to jump into, you know, change our hats, you know, metaphorically speaking. Yeah. The, the funny thing is, well, it's not funny, but people who, let's say they're a, a lawyer or a policeman, who they're very good at what they do, they're very good at in court, and then they come home and they start cross, cross-examining the wife, you know, what works? Yeah, yeah. What makes you a high? You know, or, or the or the policeman who you know um, comes home and, and and treats everybody, you know, like like they're a criminal or something because they're, they're habitually swimming in 
a lot of horrible people, um, a lot, you know, and you bring that same persona home and it's very destructive. So, you know, you know we, they need we to are, transition back to their home. Correct. You need different almost personas for diff- depending on the outcome you're trying to achieve. If you're trying to be a high-performance architect, that's, that, that is one level of thinking that you need to be able to do and be able to step into. But that, you don't, that doesn't necessarily mean when you're talking to someone and you're going out having fun that you're the high-performance architect. You might be the fun-loving, easygoing, whatever. But as a high-performance architect, you might be very detailed, very pedantic, very particular, incredibly high standards, which might be an absolute pain in the ass if, if you're going to, to a movie with that person or out for dinner. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah, totally get it. So you need to be flexible. You need to be able to do it, but you also need to be able to step out of it when it suits. So if if you're wanting to step your mindset up, if we gave a, a, a simple, like maybe, I don't know, is there five steps or seven steps or three steps? Three. Of things that they, yeah, three. Yeah, keep it simple. If yeah. we do three, then add another three out later. Um, but if there were three things that you would say, um, do these three, three things consistent, consistently for the next yeah. 20 or 30 days, and let's go 30, Yeah. Um, what would they be? Okay. Well, one, one you mentioned was a good one. I would look at my peer group and yep. I, would look, I would look to see whether I need to change my peer group because you will be the average of the people you spend most time with. So how would you change your peer group? Oh, who, who, who do I spend time with? Oh, it's Bob and Sally and Jane and Joe and Dave. What are they? Well, they're, they're architects earning 70000 a year on average. Okay, what do I want to be doing? I want to be earning 300000 a year. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, if I hang out with Bob and Jane and Sue and Sally, they think like $70,000 a year architects, right? They think. They have beliefs that are in line with that, which is why they're there. And they all adopt each other's beliefs because, you know, that's why they're friends. They, they've got things in common. So... What I, and I'm not saying leak, ditch, ditch your old friends or anything, but I'm saying you may need to form a, a new peer group. A new, you know, so who are the people? Let's say you want to earn 300. I'm just going to make these numbers up and yep. they're meaningless. But if I want to be a 300, earning 300 grand a year as an architect and, and be a high flyer, then I, who are the other people who are like that? I need to connect with them. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, for example, and this is, I'm not being funny here, but I need to hang out with people like Adrian Ramsey. Right, because here's a guy who he only does what he wants to do. You know, the design aspect, he only does the fun bits. Um, he charges really high fees. He's good at what he does. I don't know if he's the best in the world, but he's pretty good. But he, he earns high fees. He has a great lifestyle. He only does the aspects of architecture that he wants to do. And he probably hangs out with other people who think like him and do really well. And that's true. He does, mm-hmm. right? So you need to find yourself an Adrian Ramsey and, and, you know, sort of raise your standards so that an Adrian Ramsey wants to hang out with you. And, and, you know, and and by hanging out with Adrian Ramsey and his friends, that is going to change your mindset. So step number one is, is consider finding a new peer group to connect to, a higher level peer group than the one you're currently operating in. Step number two, reverse engineer. Well, I I think what you said, 
design your pro design, you know, map out a, a dream project, draw it. You know, this is the type of projects I would like to be doing. And then step number three, map out who you would need to become or who the architect would have to be that would attract those type of projects. And then, so that's step three, but yeah, part, part B of step three is then, you know, and I'm not giving you an exact blueprint for this because it's a, you know, we're having a chat here, but, but then just go and step in for five minutes a day and rehearse being that architect that you've mapped out who wins those projects, who earns that money, who is respected the way that that architect is respected. Go and mentally rehearse being that architect every single day. And a lot of people say, right, so those are the three steps. Find your peer group, design yep. the project you want, and design the architect who would win those projects, right? Yep. And then step into it every day. Now, a lot of people would say, oh, but I'm no good at visualising. I can't, well... Probably not architects, actually. This is probably a very... But if they're not good at visualising, yeah. then we've got some serious issues. Everybody else says that. But I'll tell you what, <laughs> the, the counter, you know, or they might say, I don't know how to, you know, come up with someone who would be the, you know, who would be the architect. Bullshit. Bullshit. Yeah. You are yeah. a creative, you know, that's your job is to design what would have to happen. Just do your job, right? Yeah. I, I can expect other people, an accountant might say that, and, and, and I wouldn't buy it from them either, but I certainly wouldn't expect it from a design professional. You, you reverse engineer the architect you'd need to become. And we're doing this all the time. I mean, architects are visualizing stuff, so I guess I don't need to use this example, but we're, we're daydreaming. We, we, you know, we, we're stressing We're imagining, about, we're problem solving. Correct. We're, we're stressing yeah. out about things. Well, that's visualizing. I'm imagining things going wrong. Well, yes. that's the same thing. That's all it is. It's not, visualizing isn't special. It's just imagining. Can yes. you imagine? Can you imagine an elephant? Oh, yes, I can. Well, that's it. You're doing it. Well, I love that Tony Robbins one, don't think of a blue tree. Yeah, that's right. And everybody can't, you can't help but think of a blue tree. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Like so, just think of what it is that you want, or or yes. choose somebody. Like go, well, yes. what 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 would happen if I had to design a house for Brad Pitt? Yeah, yeah. What would I design? And if that's overwhelming, then you know, choose somebody else. Choose. Yeah, but you, you need to be stretched because you know. If, you, yeah, if you're not right. stretched, you won't really go there. No, so yep. uh, and, and you can do it. It might take twenty to thirty days before you get your head around it, but but if you stick with it, you will. You know, five five to ten minutes every day doing your mental exercises, and and you'll feel a change after thirty days. You know, yeah, you, you'll you'll start to rechain your habitual thinking happen, habits, which which are almost like the thermometer. You know, you know how the thermometer turns someone on, uh, uh -huh. turns the heater on and off. Yep. So yeah, if you're, if you're only moderately happy with your life, you've got your, your habitual thinking habit thermometer set at that average level. Yep. Right? You raise the temperature, uh, you raise the thermometer or raise the thermostat so it's going high and the, the, the temperature will raise and so will everything around you. I love that. I love that. There's a really simple formula for everybody to be able to just follow there um, and, and you'll get a great result out of it. And... Yeah, I would love for everybody who's listening to this to um, do it. You can flick it to us on in on the talkdesign.show website. You can um, there's an email address on there. You can contact us and let us know what your thing is, what you what you went for, and in uh, 30 days come back and send us some more emails telling us how you've gone with it. 
what's changed mm. and then then probably check in in three months and you know that would be my challenge to anybody who's listened to this is look as that i'll share it with richard and um be really interesting to see where you got to i mean R richard trains people like this all around the world constantly this that's what he actually gets up and does every day um so yeah if, if you were to take these steps where could you be in the next um year or in the next 30 days go 30 90 you know well 30 yeah. days 30 days is enough to build a new habit but it's not going to change your life you know no it's going to be um, putting the groundwork in yeah it's it, you're going to get a new habit in 30 days within you know maybe three to six months you might start seeing results the result within yep. three years your life will be completely different yeah you know it's a bit yep. like building a building it doesn't happen overnight but it does happen you know. Well, so everybody in this industry can understand that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that, that's what it takes. You know, you get a client, it might take anything up to a year to or more even to design what they're going to have. And then it might take another year or two to have that built. So we're used to long-term outcomes. And uh, you, you don't put that job down in that time. It's all yours continually. You know, you, you might have it off your plate even, but until it's built and they've moved in, it's still a live job. So you're growing uh, a tree. Yeah, you're growing a tree. Yeah, I love that. Richard, that was a meal, man. That was fantastic. I'm yeah. looking forward to posting this one. Uh, yeah, no, that's good. Like I say, this wasn't what we were planning on talking about. It's a different variation, but, but yeah, I hope people um, you know, uh, look, got, got some good insights and just not just insights, but all this is a waste of time if you don't do something with it. So yeah, take some action. Yeah. I mean, do something with it. I mean, what if I'm wrong? Yeah, maybe, maybe, but, but what if I'm right? Or what if, what if you're right? You know, what have you got to lose? You, know, you, know, you lose 10 minutes a day for the next 30 days, you know, that's all you got to lose. But you know, on that thing of what if I'm wrong, I had, um, I, I worked with Bruce Campbell, a business coach for quite a few years. And I had, uh, a friend of mine come up to me just recently and uh, she was actually, she didn't come up to me to say this. We were in a group of people, maybe about 15 people. And um, she was saying something about, you know, the journey they'd been on and where they'd come from and all the rest. And uh, she said, and it, it floored me because I don't remember saying this, but she said, Oh, to this group, she said, you know, the big turning point for me was when Adrian stood there and said to me, what if he's right? Yeah. What if he's got it all right? And all you do is just follow that. Yeah. And she said, I went away and that just stuck with me. And she went, okay, I'm going to take it that he's right. Mm -hmm. And I'll just do it anyway. I'll stop questioning it. She's a highly critical thinker. Mm -hmm. And, um, their business uh, pre-COVID was flying, absolutely flying. Their business stopped because of COVID, like literally stopped um, because it stopped. They went and travel, but they um, international uh, um, people coming in internationally was what made their business roll. And they've pivoted and their business is absolutely it's a new business but based off the skills that they had in the old business and it's absolutely flying right. and um and and you look at it and you know it was well what if he's right 
Mm. What if he's right? And I remember our discussions we had, you and I, around the change of the pivot uh, when we came into COVID. What would we see? What would happen? How do we need to think differently? Mm-hmm. And I know the group of people that were around us of performers that at that point and look at their businesses now. Now, architecture didn't fall in a hole. In fact, it actually got a, a stronger marketplace. But look at the people that um, <laughs> in the last uh, year that you've seen just go off the charts because of their mental visualization and their what if what if Richard Petrie's right? What if I do that with my marketing and it will work? Mm-hmm. Certainly has for a lot of people. So yes, I would encourage everybody to reach out for that, and we'll we'll um, converse if, back. If you're interested in the mechanics, like more mental stuff or, or uh, marketing stuff, um, go to I think it's arch archmarketing.org. Is, yes, is our website archmarketing.org. Uh, I'll post A-R-T-H. all that. And um, there's a lot of resources you can get there, including this, this mindset stuff as well. So, uh, yep. That's it. Sounds, All right. Sounds fabulous. Thanks, Richard. Have a wonderful day. Thanks, mate. See you. I'll talk to you soon. Cheers, buddy.